0: Welcome to Pastor Matters, the podcast of the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We hope this conversation will both equip and encourage you to lead healthy churches that make disciples for
1: the glory of God. Hi, I'm Ron Jorlock, and I want to thank you for listening to another episode of Pastor Matters. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Mark Dance to discuss a new book, which he just wrote, entitled Start to Finish, The Pastor's Guide to Leading a Resilient Life and Ministry. Mark served as a pastor and church planner for over 25 years uh, before he started Lifeway Pastors, uh, and then he started Care for Pastors, the Care for Pastors Network, uh and the ministry pipeline in Oklahoma and he currently serves as a director for uh, pastoral wellness at Guidestone Financial Resources Mark and his wonderful wife Janet have two grown children and i believe y'all live in Dallas now right We do yes All right all right well that's wonderful wonderful thank you uh Mark for coming to the podcast to discuss your latest book
0: Hey thanks for asking me this is this is i've been looking forward to this
1: yeah, yeah. We've we've been friends for for quite some time and have uh, uh done different events together uh, for pastors and for their wives and uh, uh the ways to encourage them and so it it's it's so cool to see this book but it's so cool to to know kind of the uh uh the the lead up to the book in terms of just all the things that you've done uh to care for pastors and uh and to love them well.
0: Thank you. We've had some good times, man.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's been fun. So let's jump right in. Let's jump right in. So, uh first off, let's define some terms. So, so you say uh, uh finishing well, you know, that's one of the things that you talk about in the book is is finishing well. What what do you mean by that? What What does it look like to finish well in ministry? And then maybe even expand it for the pastor, uh, not just in his ministry, but in his marriage and in his in his family, friendships, so on. How do you finish well? What does that look like?
0: Yeah, well, you, I'm not just talking about two retirements. I'm talking about through retirement. I mean, if I'm the final finish when you stop breathing, when you wake up in heaven. That's kind of the final finish line, and I'm just totally stealing this metaphor from the Apostle Paul. You know, this is used frequently in in, in Scripture, but I guess specifically the Acts twenty passage grabs my heart, where Paul tells Timothy, first of all, I'll never see you again," and Timothy and the, the other. Uh, pastors and elders at the church in Ephesus, or they start crying, and you know he says, "I'll never see you again." And they, uh, and then he gives them some some sage advice, starting with, "I want to finish the race that the course, you know, that God gave me, the ministry that God gave me. I want to finish." The purpose is what he said. My purpose is to finish the race that God gave me, and. I think we all have an idea of what that might look like, and yet um, early in ministry, it's kind of hard to get our minds around what it could look like, both the best case and the worst case scenario. So I wrote this book to kind of help pastors think about how they want to finish because it'll affect how they start and what they do in between the, the front and the back of that race.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's so good. I I, I talk a lot on campus uh, to uh, my students, uh, and I, I mention these kinds of things in church as well, that uh, every good pastor should be a reverse engineer. <laughs> yeah. uh, in other words, there's some type of end goal that you've got in mind, and you got to have some clear sense of, of where all of this is heading, and then be able to go backwards with it, you know, and, and kind of, all right, if this is where we want to be, now let's think about what it takes to get there yes. uh, and so on. And That's I said, yeah, this, this falls right into that category.
0: That's exactly right. Beginning with the end in mind. You know, uh, if, at, the, at the end of the day, uh, I, every one of us is unique, right? Mm-hmm. But what we do have in common is that when we're crossing the finish line, we want to accelerate through it. We don't want to f- fall through it. We don't want to fall short of it. We want to accelerate through the finish line. What, is it, what does that look like? Uh, it, it means that you're you've kept your promises. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're if you're a minister, you've first been called as a child of God. So you want to you you want to cross that finish line fully in love with Jesus, mm-hmm. your first love. The second covenant, if you're married, is you want to have kept your promises there. Also, you want to you want to finish it with your your second covenant intact, and your in your. From there, you know that God has kind of a concentric circle, pecking order. I like to call it of of relationship priorities. And you know, if we are not still in love with our first love and second love, then no matter what we did in the church or in the mission field, uh, we might be short of our real goal of finishing strong.
1: Mm-hmm. How have you personally learned? Uh, resilience your subtitle here is the pastor's guide to learn uh, to leading a resilient life and ministry how how have you personally learned resilience in your life and ministry
0: yeah that's a great that's a great question ron that uh um, you know resilience means you get back up so it mm-hmm. assumes that you're falling down right mm-hmm. and any anybody who's been in ministry more than 15 20 minutes has Fallen down, you know, maybe not in a disqualifying way, but um, failure is is part of life. It's also mm-hmm. part of ministry. Again, Paul tells Timothy, preach the word in season, out of season. And so uh, I've learned resilience through failure, probably more than success. Mm-hmm. And there are several examples of that in the book. I don't just talk about my wins. I talk about my losses so that Maybe I can help some uh, help some of the listeners, some of the readers to avoid the pain. One of those was about twelve thirteen years ago, went through a season of clinical depression mm-hmm. in the middle of a relocation. I was pastoring my third church. I'd been pastoring for uh, you know twenty five years, and the church on the outside was very successful inside. My personal growth had not kept up with the church's growth. Mm. And so on top of all the normal responsibilities of pastor church, this was in Conway, Arkansas, north of Little Rock. We uh, we had a relocation. So, you know, you have buildings, you have
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, fundraising, vision casting, all that other stuff. And I completely, I completely ignored self-care. Mm. And I, I talk a lot about self-care just through the lens of the great commandment how great commandment defines health, heart, soul, mind, strength. So all the comprehensive, integrated parts of of you and I. Uh, one of those was just uh, skipping the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought that was for everybody else. You know, I could talk a big game about Sabbath. I knew it was a command, but I just didn't have the time for it. Or at least I didn't think I did, which was in my case sin. It was a not mm-hmm. just me. Overestimating my importance in the advance of the gospel. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It was also an open uh, disobedience to a very clear command and um, somewhat insulting to to God that He couldn't handle things if I took a day off. (laughs) So, uh, doing that for a while, I I burned through what I would find out was serotonin. Never heard of that before. Sure. You know, the happy hormone. Mm -hmm. And adrenaline and serotonin and everything else and I was different from the guy that that you know Ron Jr. I I'd lost uh, a lot of joy, uh, energy, sleep, I'd lost weight. I was uh, 6'1, 167 pounds, and oh, I wow. didn't know why. I, I I I was avoiding conversations and decisions and you know insomnia led to paranoia. I didn't have any meltdowns, and in, in, you know, in, in terms of moral meltdowns, I was just different, and I was stuck. Hmm. So everyone gets tired, everyone gets exhausted. I think everyone goes through some depression, maybe not clinical depression, but I reached out to my doctor and I said something's wrong, and I he asked me a dozen questions, and basically, he diagnosed me with clinical depression. And uh, by the end of the week, another lady who never met my doctor but uh, she was a licensed therapist. She said an appointment came by my office and she only had two questions. Do you know you're clinically depressed was the first one. And I said, uh, yes, ma'am. I just, and, and I just found out. And second thing, you take anything for it? And I said, yes, ma'am, but I don't know if it works. I just picked it up Wednesday. Mm. And uh, I put those two together. It, it included a couple of uh, staff, key staff and and, and key lay leaders And they became, excuse the pun, the dance team to put me back together again. And I got healthy again and enjoyed my best years of ministries after that, including the relocation. It wasn't overnight, but that's what resilience looks like to me Hmm. is, hey, I'm down. And first of all, I'm in a ditch that I don't understand. Mm hmm. I took a counseling class at seminary, Ron Drew, but that didn't make me a counselor.
2: Hmm.
0: You know, theology students had to take a music class too, but that didn't make me a music minister.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I, mm-hmm. I knew just enough to, to ask for help. Yeah. And so I, if anyone's listening, you know, they say one out of four adults uh, and kids are going to go through a season of depression. And I just want to say, don't self-diagnose and don't hesitate to ask for help. Mm-hmm. So resilience could have nothing to do with, with mental health; it might do with physical health, it might do with spiritual health, it might do with relational health or financial health you know there's all kinds of challenges out there to between when we start our race and when we finish our race. Resilience simply means i 'm not going to give up hmm. i'm going to keep going, and i 'm going to let the rest of the body of Christ help me when I need some help. Hmm
1: that's good that's that's so good and thanks for sharing that um you know uh, just letting us in a little bit on a uh, on on one of those difficult seasons in 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 life and in ministry i i i want to i want to drill down a little bit because there's some folks who uh who may be listening to this that uh that may not see the signs you know, like kind of what you were saying, you know, you were, you were going through all of those things and, you know, you were losing weight and, and, and all of that and not really, you know, recognizing it until somebody actually kind of came in and came up to you and, and, and kind of looked you in the eye and said, Hey, something's up here. Um, yeah. what are, what, what are some of the warning signs? Maybe not, you know, you could kind of talk about whichever one, you know, whether you're talking physical, uh, yeah. mental, spiritual, emotional, you know, all the things you were saying, um, what are some of the warning signs that pastors should kind of be on the lookout for? Uh, you know, when when their their finishing well is 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 in jeopardy. Um, you know, obviously we could say, you know, well, you know, churchful, <laughs> you know, uh, and and things like that. That's kind of the easy answer, but there's certainly some some signs, you know, road signs that are uh, coming up, kind of yeah. hazard signs that you uh, that we just drive by. And, and we're not even paying attention because either we're gullible and we think that, you know, Oh, we're fine. I, I, I can get through that one. Um, and we're not paying attention to what's, you know, to the kind of the residual effects of, of, of blowing by those signs. What, what are some of those signs?
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll be happy to share those. And it's, it's nice to know what they are because now if I see them, I know, I know to slow down Sure, and, and know what to do about it. But, uh Generally driven people, when they run out of gas, they just push the accelerator harder. Mm. <laughs> but the the signs, uh, and this could be ministry fatigue. And mm. let me just say, this is important. There's so many kinds of depression. Uh, there was somebody on my staff who had was bipolar. That's a completely different kind of depression. It's sure. still clinical depression. Mm-hmm. But what she was dealing with was significantly more serious. And mine was preventable. Mine wasn't inherited. Some of you have, you know, chronic depression. You may struggle with this for, for a while. That doesn't mean you have to stay the same. That there's no hope. It just means that your, your, uh, your, your treatment might be longer and more mm-hmm. aggressive.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The signs for me is um, when I'm, whether I'm in the church hall. If I get amb- ambushed in a hall, every, every minister knows what that's like in the church hallway. You're on your way to teach or lead worship or something. And, Somebody comes up, tries to steal your joy, and your and your fuse is shorter than usual. Or somebody cuts you off in traffic, or at at the grocery store, and and you and and uh, you start thinking murderous thoughts. Well, mm. you know that might be thinking, okay, uh, <laughs> something's wrong, you know, yeah. and you're overreacting. Or as I mentioned before, I wasn't sleeping well, and mm-hmm. and everyone loses a a night or two of sleep. But if that becomes the norm. Yeah. That means you're stuck and you need some help. Mm-hmm. And again, I started with my general doctor. I just went to the MD and said, hey, you know, and, and he said, this is very common, especially for driven guys about your age. And, you know, uh, there, there are the weight loss, it could be weight gain. Mm. Um, you know, the, the Bible doesn't artificially separate the uh, the components of our lives, it's a very integrated whole life discipleship. Uh, we've kind of Westernized it when we think, okay, we're going to make a different point and sub point for every little thing. Mm-hmm. And, and even the great commandment is, uh, has is listed differently just about every time in every gospel uh, because you in, in, for example, Hebrew, uh, your, your heart thinks, right yeah <laughs> so yeah. there's a, there, the mind's not in in deuteronomy 6 because the heart thinks you know so hebrews like you know why would a mind be different you know than your yeah. heart and so when your soul when you're the in internal part of you is downcast other people will see it sometimes before you do hmm. and they may ask you so if one or two people is beginning to ask questions how are you doing and you keep telling them fine. You might want to ask that question of yourself, and 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 have somebody that you love and trust that could check your pulse and say, "Hey, something's wrong here. I need mm-hmm. to. I need to. What I call in the book and do an EKG. I just go through the parable of you know the seeds mm-hmm. the, it, or the soul. You know, is my heart getting hard, or you know, or or cares and worries choking it out, or is it just that I, I get excited and I, I'm on a, going from ministry high to ministry high, it, like rocky soil,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but somebody else, like a mentor, someone about 10 years older than you that can kind of check your pulse and that you can't bull uh, when when they ask how you're doing. Um, but your spouse is also very important because you definitely can't fake them out, right? Mm-hmm. And so if they're concerned about you, don't get defensive. And it might be that you need more than just a vacation. It might need, you might need more than that. So just be open to other people, letting other people help you, which is so difficult because we are called to serve and it's counterintuitive to let people care for us. But self-care is strategic. Yeah. It's not selfish. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so pay, Paul told Timothy two times, to pay attention to his life,
2: mm-hmm.
0: at least two times. The first yeah. time in Acts 20, it said pay. Uh, the ESV says, pay pay close attention to your life and your flock, or, or other translations, guard your heart and your uh, in, in your flock. And then in 1 Timothy, the follow-up letter, 1 Timothy 4.16 says, pay close attention to your life. Again, he starts with life and your doctrine or teaching. Persevere in these things. In doing this, you save not only yourself, but also your hearers. And we use that text a whole lot at Guidestone because we do want to help pastors and ministers finish well and know that there's so many components, so many landmines between here and the finish line that they can get in our way. But if we stop paying attention to our lives, if we stop putting the oxygen mask on ourselves first before we do the others like I will... I will hear that today this afternoon when I get on the plane every time. You know cuz you basically they're saying you're not going to do us any good passed out on the plane. Mm-hmm. So put the oxygen mask on yourself first, pastor. Persevere in these things, this resilience. And in doing this, you save not only yourself but also your hearers. So this isn't just a self-care for selfish reasons, but those hearers, those people around you starting in the in your home and in your church. They need you to take care of yourself, and and if you don't finish well later because you've taken shortcuts in the name of helping people now, that's a short-sighted strategy. And there's a better way, a scriptural way to stay, to start well, stay well, and finish well.
1: Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. And I was thinking about uh, different verses, like John when he's talking to Gaius and and Third John. And yes. he starts off saying, "Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you, and that you may be in good health, as it goes well with your soul." And and even just that little that little prayer of of blessing, you know, for yes. for Gaius, as, as he's you know uh, probably a, a church leader, more than likely he's a church leader, and yes. uh, and and he's he's talking about his soul. You know, he's grateful that that they're walking in the truth and so on, as you'll find it through the rest of the letter. But but he starts off saying, I don't just care about your soul. I care about your your overall health. I, I pray that you would be in good health. Uh, and and again, to your point, that that's not just a, a throwaway thing or just one of these little niceties that you know that we say just to be polite, you know, or, or anything like that. I think he really means it. I think that he understands uh that you know <laughs> what what benefit is he going to be to the body you know if he's a uh, if he's you know stuck in a hospital bed you know day in and day out and things like that in order for him to uh you know to really serve the church you know in a yeah. you know in a in a sustained way he's got to be in good health you know to do that and so yeah uh yeah. And, and i and I you see the psalms, of course, and how many times does david uh you know talk about I mean, rather candidly about you know the depressions that he has gone through, you know and all that when there are literally people out to kill him uh right. and and so on but why why is this in the book of psalms you know why why is this something that we're supposed to sing to one another? I think mm. it's because David's experience is very um uh, much a paradigm for all of our experiences that all of us are going through that, and to be able to voice that in song, you know, voice our voice it in prayers to the Lord, uh, but also to uh, uh, to encourage one another. I think that's uh, that that's important, you know, for uh, for not just um, obviously the king at that time, David, uh, yeah. but also for pastors today. To be honest, to be real you know, uh, be open and, and and be open to, you know, uh, uh, to help and, and correction and so on that we may be able to walk in a healthier way.
0: Well, that's why this podcast exists.
1: Sure. Otherwise, you and
0: I could, we could have this conversation alone. Mm-hmm. You know, we mm-hmm. could have it. We've had several conversations, just you and me. Yeah. Or, or double date, And yet this this podcast is a way of, of saying, hey, you know what, we're going to encourage each other to do what we already know. You know, this is, the whole book start to finish is based on the Great Commandments. Right. The first ha- the first half is based on heart, soul, mind, and strength. And um the second one, the second half is about the Great Commission or the love your neighbor mm-hmm. and the and the relationships that God's put as priorities and how to how to keep those priorities by demoting people around you, starting from when you break up with your parents in Genesis two. But the comprehensive nature you're you're talking about, I, I ran across a passage I'd I'd not noticed before that dealt with the same Shema, this uh it, it, the most maybe not the most native, it was the most popular. But uh, you want to talk about a strong finisher? I think we're going to need to look at Josiah. I would mm-hmm. have to be one of the top yeah. guys, right? Yeah. And it says, uh, uh I was just reading devotionally. Second Kings 23, 25 says before him, Josiah, there was no king like him who turned to the Lord with all of his heart, with all of his soul and with all of his strength. Man, mm-hmm. that's just straight out of the Deuteronomy. Yep. Yep. And according to the law of Moses and no one arose uh, like him after him. And so David, you look, and I don't want to trash David. He had a lot of things going on, but he did not finish well. Yeah. Okay. So people like to stop after, you know, he kills uh, Goliath, or after he repents from Bathsheba, but man, it just gets worse Is it the longer you. See, mm-hmm. He gets more wives. He makes more mistakes. But it's not it, like Coach John Wooden you said, you know, it's not how you start the game; it's how you finish that yeah. matters.
1: Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. Let's let's drill down a little bit on the on just the structure of the book. You know, you you okay. mentioned that the Great Commandments, Great Commission what what are the implications for that it, it it's an interesting approach that you take uh to go back to you know the the great commandments love the lord your God love your neighbor as yourselves um and the great commission you know what uh what are the implications that you see there uh for uh for this resilient life
0: well it was really personal that um experience that I had in a remote cabin in Arkansas it was my first sabbatical, mm-hmm. which I completely messed up. For three weeks, I had visited a dozen or more pastors to learn about relocation uh, tips and had some great meetings. But I was I was more exhausted when I at the end of those three weeks than before. <laughs> and uh, but I I reserved that last week for a time alone with God in the cabin, and it was in that time that God what I, I like to call it a face mask moment where God got my attention. Like it's illegal now, but the coaches, when they wanted a player's undivided attention, they grabbed their face mask, mm-hmm. <laughs> and f- football players, and um, it worked. So I read the great commandments for the hundredth time. I taught it. Everyone listening has, even the, even the scribe when he asked Jesus what the greatest commandment was, he already knew the answer. Everybody knew the answer. They said it every morning, every evening, their parents and grandparents had. so this is, this is old news, but it's also Jesus said the first and greatest, or most important and greatest, protos megas. There's unth- nothing unclear about that. And so I'd grown up, uh, I'd hear, I'd, I'd started pastoring churches uh, since 1987, and I'm still, uh, even though I'm pastoring pastors full time, still doing interims part time, and um, but I'd heard in the 80s and the 90s and the 2000s, I still hear it every now. Keep the main thing, the main thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like. I think Jesus pretty much clarified what the main thing was Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) and because I'm, and I'm all for the great commission, but I I've never met a great commandment pastor who wasn't a great commission pastor,
2: Mm. Mm. but
0: i met a boatload of great commission pastors that weren't great commandment pastors. Wow. They were getting it done. They were doing stuff, baptizing, building, you know, advance, 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 but the relationships were deteriorating. Hmm. And so this book came from someone at Lifeway challenging me a few years ago to write my first solo book on what my core message was, Mm -hmm. because for the last almost nine years, I've been in the pastoral ministry lane and the message that I end up, you know, coming back to over and over again, this week I'll be doing it with a, bunch of couples in Utah, is just go back to square one, the great commandment. And from that becomes the priorities that God's put for all of our lives, ministers are not. What makes it unique for ministers is that we're still the only profession on the planet that I've ever heard of that requires that you succeed both at work and at home. Hmm. So our our wives and our kids are in our job description. And so we, you know, we can't be awesome at work and awful at home. And so my day starts with Jesus. Uh, after that great commandment face last moment, I looked at my calendar and I saw every day wasn't starting with Jesus. Sometimes I started gym, meeting a guy at the gym or breakfast me. I was like, I've got to start with him. I've got to get up earlier. I've got to clear my calendar so that my best time's with him. And then I've got to make sure that I have to, at time every day alone with Janet, that she gets, you know, the best part of my calendar and then started calendaring further out on dates and trips and being more intentional about my first love and second love. Because I found that if, if, if I'm good with Jesus and Janet, I really don't need the applause of everybody else. But if either one of those is not happy with me, I don't care how much applause I get, man, my life's miserable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I built, I, I wrote this. Basically, I just walking through, um, each aspect, each component, of my life, my heart, my soul, my mind, my strength. I'm talking about physical strength, physical body, you know, so that I could be physically healthy. That will affect what I do on the other side of ministry, retirement, vocational retirement as well. Some have dreams to bucket list of things, whether ministry or recreationally that they'd like to do, but they hadn't taken care of their bodies or they can't afford to, they can't afford to even go to that next level of ministry because they they have not been financially responsible, and that's where Guidestone helps, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, we want to help you get a plan for a strong finish, and so many pastors neglect their physical bodies, neglect their finances, and these are these are well-known, well-documented um, blind spots for us,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and so, you know, doing this with Guidestone has been a, a real joy because we have the same goal to help every minister finish well, to to, to enhance their, you know, resilience and, and financial security, and and those are not easy things. Nobody wants to talk about that or mental health. So I'm glad we can talk about all that here, yeah, yeah. on your because Pastor Matters has always dealt with hard stuff, mm-hmm. stuff that matters to us. This is private, and we we fail. But hear this: if you're listening to this, I don't want you to listen with a heart of guilt guilt's only a jumping off place grace this is a grace zone you're in right now yeah jesus can completely redeem any of this he can change the pattern you grew up with he did for me hmm. i grew up in a I grew up in a family that living beyond your means was the norm eating too much was the norm and early on in my life when i was 21 I talked to a Guidestone guy. I don't remember his name. I don't remember what he looked like. And I'm 58 now. So it's been a minute, but I was, I was not even pastoring a church yet. I would be within a year and I would be married within a year. So within six months, each other. And I even had a business degree, but I I took my first step in that same cycle of debt. And, you know, I listened to that guide person. He said, there's a better way. And he gave me a vision for what my finish line could look like when I'm 21, you know? Wow. And, and then Janet, she agreed with that. And so uh, since I talked to him before we got married, Janet and I have never paid a penny of credit card interest wow. ever. We live within their, we live within our means. We, we share Dinners, it's entrees instead of having two because entrees have got bigger and bigger over the years. Sure, we, we we just we eat it. We don't have fad diets. She's a registered dietitian. She doesn't have any fad diets. We just eat in moderation. We we exercise regularly, but in moderation, and and we 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 believe all these things are part of the stewardship, and even even the living within our means, so that someday, because we have two adult children, that someday we won't have to borrow money from our kids hmm. during retirement
1: hmm.
0: and nobody you, wants to do that you know
1: you, you know it's interesting because there's something that's kind of lurking in 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 the in our conversation here that i want to kind of bring up to the surface and that's that a lot of what keeps us from finishing well are really to be honest just unrealistic expectations Mm. Um, uh, of of life and ministry. So you know we're having a hard time enduring and hard time you know make, uh, you know making the the steps that we need to make to uh, to to live uh, for the long haul uh, because the way we're trying to live life. Uh, is, is just unsustainable. <laughs> yes. And, and yes. The, you know, the goals that we have for ourselves in ministry, you know, I'm going to be the Superman, you know, uh, I'm going to be the one that's going to try and do all of these things. You, you just mentioned living within your means uh, and, and, and things like that. Well, when you're living beyond your means, uh, it's unsustainable. <laughs> There's right. no way that you're going to finish uh, you yeah. know, in that way. It's, it's going to be a train wreck. Uh, sooner or later, it's going to come back to bite you. Uh, and, and even in terms of ministry, you have this idea of 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 you being you know the ubermensch you know uh you know that you're going to be the the you know I'm the kingpin I'm I'm running this joint you know and all of that yeah. sooner or later it's going to blow up in your face because god didn't create you mm. to hold that kind of weight uh you know and pride comes before a fall uh so <laughs> so yeah. you know yeah. you get it from all different angles uh but but yeah you know there's there's this wisdom of saying i'm nothing you know, yeah. he's everything. And so I can live humbly. I can live within my limitations, you know, and, and I can actually enjoy life because because the weight of the world isn't on my shoulders. It's on God's shoulders. And I yeah. trust in him and I can live well, love well, you know, serve well yes. and so on.
0: That's good. Well, twice the word manage is in our job description, First Timothy 3. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the management. Um, But this, I found this so interesting. A few months ago, I was reading back through Acts 20, and this is Paul's last conversation face-to-face with Timothy. He would write the the follow-up letters, but he said, I'll never see you again. So they start crying. It's Timothy and his elders, right, in Miletus. And, And so this is the last conversation I'll ever have that I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, that my purpose is to finish the race. Well, the very last thing he says at the very last part of Acts 20 it, it, it Right before he gets on the ship
2: mm-hmm.
0: and they literally tear, they they tear each other uh, away from each other. They're this, that intimate of a moment, the last four verses of, of Acts 20 is Paul giving Timothy financial advice. Mm-hmm. I thought that's crazy. His son in the faith, they're crying, they're hugging, they're kissing. We don't, you know, we haven't crossed that line yet. But you know, this is an awkward <laughs> moment, right? This is you can't get a more <laughs> this is a son, you know, father son moment and he says, Okay, I've uh I I worked so as to support myself and my team. Mm-hmm. And he said, and by the way, he's taking an offering to Jerusalem. Yeah. That's why he wants him to meet so he don't want to be late for Pentecost. And he says, uh and, and because Jesus said it's more blessed to give than than receive. Mm-hmm. And so that was obviously an oral statement from Jesus that they repeated. And he said, basically, uh, Timothy, I'm finishing my race as a giver, not a taker.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I want to bless people on my last lap. I want to be, I can, you know, and obviously he was okay with receiving support, and he did in some cases, and encouraged it in others. But he said, have a plan. Timothy, have a financial plan. And and the other pastors that were there as well and pastor if you're hearing this again it's not a guilt zone it's a grace zone. By the time they come to GuideStone for financial advice, pastors and ministers are 42 years old. Hmm. We can't catch you up at 42 years old. Hmm. Okay? We don't have those kind of uh, tricks in our bag. Uh so take the advice of the guy, of the GuideStone guy that helped me in my early 20s and we've got almost 500 GuideStone folks that are eager to help you with retirement or insurance or however you want help or get somebody in your church that's more proficient at this than you are. And just say, I need help getting ready for retirement. What do I need to do? And what do I need to not do? And for me, I had to put the shovel down Mm -hmm. because when I went to seminary, the first thing I did was I, I bought a VCR with a credit card because I had VCRs were brand new newest technology, watch a movie in your home. I had to have one, couldn't afford it. So for only $10 a month, if I got the credit card, I could I could buy it. And so I did. And that was the last thing I bought before I talked to this guy. It's the last time I ever paid a penny of credit card interest was for a VCR. But I thought, that's stupid, man. I paid for that thing (laughs) twice. You know? Uh (laughs) And it was so avoidable. And then you know, my first church, I made a thousand dollars a month, but when, when living within your means is probably more important, at least as important as saving for retirement, you do both of those things, then that financial independence, you may not be in an Uber mansion, but at least you won't be having to be an Uber driver Mm. when you're out there, uh, really wanting to do ministry or in my case, be a professional hunter, you know, so whatever your dream is for that last lap, uh, start working on it now yeah
1: that's good that's good and and such an encouraging way to uh to wrap up our conversation here and so mark thank you so much for this great conversation
0: it's been
1: fun. Yeah, it's, it's fun. always fun. It's, it's always oh yeah.
0: We always have a good time. <laughs> 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 Only oh, things boy. missing are our wives, right? They're exactly. usually with us too.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. We should bring them in sometime. We should bring them yeah. in sometime.
0: Oh
1: uh, yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, and I want to thank you again, listeners, for for uh, tuning in to another episode of Pastor Matters. I think that you'll find that this book that Mark wrote is, is, is a must-read to encourage you to take practical steps towards starting and finishing ministry well. Again, the title is Start to Finish, The Pastor's Guide to Leading a Resilient Life and Ministry. If you found this conversation helpful, why don't you consider leaving us a five-star rating and review? Uh, we'd love to hear any feedback that you'd be willing to give. As always, it's our mission at the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership to equip and encourage pastors, and I hope we've done that with today's conversation. And as always, brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain.